Dish from Waitrose is an SE Creative Studio production. Fizz Beyond Carbonated Water. Introducing the Infizz Fusion by Sage. Carbonate a refreshing strawberry wine cooler or a homemade lemonade like never before. Infizz. And release. Infizz your flavour. Sage, the Infizz Fusion Carbonator, available in a range of Lux colours exclusively at John Lewis. Hello, I'm Nick Grimshaw. And I'm Angela Hartnett. OBE, MBE and Dame in Waiting. This is our podcast where we welcome your favourite stars around for some great food, drinks and chat. Hosting at its finest, Nicholas. Welcome to Dish from Waitrose. So big one today, Ange. <laughs> big one. Two food VIPs. Very, very VIP. With us today. How do you feel about cooking for people who know about cooking? <laughs> Who know what you're saying? I don't know. No, I, I love it. Of course, you cook what you cook. You have to have the confidence to do what you think is right. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I love our guests, and I think they're both amazing writers as well as exceptional cooks. Do you think that they will be nice to you because they know what it's like to cook for cooks? Or do you think they'll be more critical because they are cooks? Probably do what I do. It's lovely. They're in the cab going, you know, she didn't quite nail that, did she? (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm sure they'll be nice. Listen, we've done two wonderful recipes. Mm -hmm. What have we got today? So we're doing a little bruschetta because Mm -hmm. we're, you know, we're in autumn season now. So it's with, you know, it's tin cannellini beans and we've got a little bit of rocket, a little bit of sweetness with raisin in there and a touch of lemon. We've got a lovely pasta with chard that I've cooked down really slowly. Add a little bit of spring onions in there. Finish it with a bit touch of nutmeg and some pine nuts mm. and a little bit of creme fraiche. Oh, yum. So it sounds good. It, it does good. sound good. It does sound good. And the raisins giving me massive otolenghi Yeah, energy. you see. Exactly. That's it. You've got to have a little bit. It's that sweet and sourness, mm. isn't it? Every time you make something here, I always am like trying to remember it and take pictures of it. But then I realised... It's online. It's online. Which is? Waitrose.com slash dish recipes. There you go. So you don't have to be frantically <laughs> trying to write notes in your phone. Taking photos. Just go on the website. It's easy as website. that. Easy. So we've actually not mentioned who our guests are today. Do you think the raisins was a giveaway? I think the raisins may have been a giveaway. Yeah. Um, we have two people joining us today whose cuisine is a masterclass in sort of colour and combinations and safe to say that they change the way how we prepare and, and cook food. Um, please welcome, round of applause please, for Yotam Ottolenghi and Noor Murat. Yeah! Hi guys. Hello. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome. Finally. How are you? Uh, we're good. Yeah, yeah very we're well. very good. Yeah, uh-huh. it's nice to be here. Yeah. Congratulations on the new book. Thank you. Yeah. Pleased with how it's obviously. Oh, it's a brilliant book. Amazing. Yeah, it's been amazing. I mean, I think what I love about this book is the fact that um, it's kind of a trick, a little tricksy idea, but actually it works really well. And that is with every meal you cook, you kind of made the first step towards the next meal. So yeah. if you cook something and you can use that marinade as a dressing for something else that you're yeah. going to cook tomorrow. So all those extra good things that Noor so cleverly put together are really, really useful because yeah. it's like, you know, we cook all the time. So it's quite nice to know that you're actually doing half the work for next time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because like actually when 
when you whatever you make, it's always good to just look in the fridge. And then it's, even if it's like scrambled eggs, you got some chili sauce, you have some yeah. pickle, and then you can kind of like make it make yeah. it fancy. And actually, you take really simple things like scrambled yeah. eggs or or a roast potato or or a bowl of rice, and with the addition of those extra good things you elevate it to something really, really mm. sophisticated because you had all these flavors, essentially. And it's just like, I mean, everybody loves to eat simple things, really. I mean, that's what we dream of. We don't really dream about, like, fancy stuff. I see as a good guest, you brought us gifts. Yeah. Of so I brought you uh, Halva from, from Israel. It was on my last visit, which was not too long ago. I found this one. Uh, which is supposed to be good, and it's just uh, pistachio halva. So it's, it's halva is made is like a set tahini, right? So yeah. it's like a sesame sweet, and it's really really nice with pistachio. I think that's the only nut that go uh, no almonds as well, but pistachios and almonds are the ones that go really really well with halva. Other other nuts are too rich. And like you would some, use that in a sweet dessert thing, or yeah. So yeah. you can use it in a dessert, but I like it on toasted. White bread with butter. Nice. Oh, <laughs> that yeah. sounds delicious. My dad does the same. He takes like Lebanese pita bread and yeah. he puts that inside. Really? It, but it like warms it and oh, then yeah. has it inside. It's and then so I, my Carl, my husband, yeah. he's he's Irish. Yeah. And the first time uh, we I took him around and we had, we stayed in this place in the north and that was at the breakfast table. And I just yeah. put, he goes like, what are you doing? It's like, it doesn't make any <laughs> sense. But when he had it, he goes like, wow, that is just the best thing in the so world. That sounds yeah. good to me. Yeah. Really good. And I love pistachio, my favorite. Yeah. yeah. So thank you. How will we split this? I'll come around to yours for breakfast. Okay, great. I'll <laughs> keep that. Yeah, go. we'll yeah. do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And Noor, yeah. yours looks... Like this is homemade business going on. Yes, we uh, it was made this morning at the test kitchen. Uh, so nice. we just ha- we brought a few extra good things from the book. Uh, so this is everything seasoning. Uh, it's like basically like everything bagel seasoning. And in the book, it's with a uh, rosti and um, spring onion cream cheese. And then this is kind of like a like a cheats. Uh, Chata, which is mm-hmm. like a, a chili sauce. So usually you oh, ferment man. it, but this, this is with uh, just salt and mm. vinegar and olive oil. Very simple. Oh God, that smells delicious. Yeah. Um, and then this is a tahini fudge. So it's, it's like... A, yeah. Delicious. Oh my God. Yeah. But that tahini fudge goes over a, a, a coffee mousse yeah. Yeah. in the book. And it's just one of the yeah. best desserts. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. since it's, it's Noor created it, I can just say it to her face that it's yeah. just one of the best desserts that I've <laughs> ever had. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Well, well, you could just eat it with a spoon, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right. Okay, we will. Yeah. <laughs> we will, Noor. Thank you. We will do. Angela, what do we have for our starter? So we've got some cannellini beans that mm-hmm. I've just mashed up slightly with a little bit of chilli, garlic, touch of lemon, soak the raisins, a little bit of sherry vinegar, some wilted rocket, and then I've put a bit of this amazing quick chilli sauce on top as well. Fabulous. So ready for So help yourselves. Okay, you help yourselves. You guys go first. We use our hands. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is how we do it, it, right? This is what we're doing. So this quick chili sauce that Noor's made. Yeah. You just plopped on top. I've just plopped on top. But I agree, it is that whole sort of, as you say, in the south, it's that sweet and sourness. Mm. And And then you have the hot hot because you have that influence from northern Africa, you know, and I think it... But I remember when I went, we went to Jerusalem for like 12 days and I remember emailing you, Tam, saying, can I have all your recommendations? (laughs) And I, I mean, Neil and I must have had four or five meals a day because there was 12 of us and we couldn't take 12 people into these tiny little cafes that you'd recommend to go and have these 
meatballs, have this hummus. So Neil and I would run off early, go and have one <laughs> meal, then we'd go meet the family, have another meal. And I said, no, we've got to have this hummus because, yeah, Tam said, this is the place to go. We have to do this. He was going, you're killing me, Angela. <laughs> Isn't it that, like, when you go to a place where you really want to try yeah. the food, you get on, you, you go on these kind of rat, rat races mm. to find places. Mm. I was in um, I was in Thailand in Bangkok once with Carl and mm. I wanted to try this oyster omelette and I went yeah. I, it was supposed to be the best one like yeah. right you always want to go and try yeah. the best thing so we got like it was a really hot day and we were looking for that oyster omelette and we were looking looking then some poor Carl goes like I'm going back to the hotel I'm not doing this <laughs> I, said, I said okay okay I'm staying I'm going to find that that yeah. place and I'm going to have my oyster omelette yeah two hours later I arrive it's closed on a Monday. <laughs> oh. <laughs> God damn it. Got to do your research, yeah. Got to do your research. Do you have holidays like that where you go specifically as a food tourist? Kind of every holiday. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. I think you choose your holidays where you want to go. Yeah. yeah. Like for me, you know, going to... I would go back to Jerusalem again just because I thought it was amazing. I don't think we even touch the surface of mm. what's underneath mm. there. And it's the same way I love going to Sicily because I think that's a real melting pot of different cuisines. Japan and basically I've said to you many a time we have to take this podcast around <laughs> the world honestly oh Nick come, come on, on come on you know because I think that's that's the key isn't it is there a place that either of you been which is like that is my number one food destination could I say a few please <laughs> yeah. no it's very strict yeah. I mean yeah give us as many if you want. so I think I, Istanbul is a great food mm. country I mean Because Turkish cuisine is so rich and it draws on Persian and Arabic and Balkan and all that, I, I love that, that place. And Malaysia. And again, for the right. same reasons, because in Malaysia, you've got Malay, Indian, yeah. Chinese. Mm. And those hybrids, those countries where there's just yeah. like real things that have happened either recently or 100 yeah. years ago, it's really, really wonderful. Mm. Yeah, what about you, know? It's uh, Lebanon, Lebanon. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's. Uh, I used to spend my summers there because uh, my grandfather used to have a house there. Uh, we used to go, and he had this house up in the mountains, and um, it was just so beautiful. Because anywhere you go, like you just order just a bunch of things. They'll give you all these different mezzas, and then they always end the meal with like all this fruit, like just so many plates of fruits, and uh, and they always have like this. Um, Uh, river and that's where they put the coca-cola bottles like the the yeah because they have like natural refrigeration like in the in the pebbles yeah yeah you know like the because it's the glass bottles Uh and stuff and it was that kind of vibe and then you go to the local bakeries and they have like manaish with all the lebanon zatel and it's like oh my god it was yeah it was so it was so good so for me that's like heaven food heaven yeah yeah very yeah (laughs) i was like a kid so love that What about you, Angela? Have you been to somewhere that's your particular favourite? Oh, well, I love Japan. I thought that was incredible. Mm-hmm. Tokyo, I'd go there again. But I actually, I want to hit Asia. I do want to go. Yeah. I've not been to Cambodia, Vietnam, mm-hmm. Laos. I'd love to do a whole tour of that. Yeah, I'd like to do an eating-based yeah. holiday. Yeah, I don't, do don't know enough about it. And I sort of think you need somewhere who's there who knows what's going on. I think, I yeah. mean, I think what in, these, in, in Asia and Southeast yeah. Asia, uh, especially because I've traveled a bit, not that much, mm. it's like the food is on the street. So yeah. it's kind of, it's just so inviting. I mm. mean, it's not like behind doors, like sure, here, you yeah. know. Like, of course we have street food as well, yeah. but everything happens on the, on the pavement, you yeah. know, and it's just so inviting to see people like sitting on pavements. Like 
I went to Vietnam once and spent um, like quite a few days. And I like the amount of times that I literally sat on a tiny stool on the side of the road and eaten the most delicious things. Mm. Yeah. And that is something that you, you, you don't, we don't get here. You get no. it in Asia because people just eat that way. Yeah, and they eat all it. the time. So it's just like you can eat any time of the day. That's the best culture, I think. I, I think so, eating focused, yeah. <laughs> I remember as a kid as well, because I grew up in um, Manchester and we used to have like really like hearty northern British sort of, you know, stews and stuff like not, nothing with like a spice or colour in it yeah. really. So I, as a kid, was obsessed with Asian food and I was always sort of like, you know, hypnotised by yeah. seeing like, oh my God, colour in food. <laughs> Could you imagine? It's not brown. Like, wow, it's not been cooked for nine hours. And I used to like love it as a kid. And I used to like yeah. beg my mum to like mm. try like Chinese food and to get a Thai and stuff. But yeah. was there anything for you, Nora, as a kid that you really loved and got you got you on your culinary career route? Um, well, you know, actually, it's, it's weird because um, my mom is, is English um, and my dad is Bahraini. So um, I didn't actually grow up like at home, we didn't eat Bahraini food. My mom made sure to make all the other. She doesn't. She doesn't like Bahraini food, so no she made like all the traditional, like you know, uh, cauliflower cheese and and, and spag ball and like Victoria sponge and like made sure we celebrated Christmas and Pancake Day and all these things. And I was like, and I remember being at school and everyone else was eating like sambusa and chapati and like. And um, like these spiced rice dishes, and I'd be like, "Oh my god! Like, why do? Why am I not cool? Like, how come I'm eating this?" And everyone'd be like, "Oh, your house is like the the, the etiquette in your house is so nice. Like, you're having spaghetti." And I'll be like, "What? <laughs> like, yeah, like they they think like we were really classy or something." And it was so weird. Like, it was such a yeah. It was so so. I was always trying to discover more about Arabic food mm. because we had all these different international foods at home. And did you ever yeah. like bring like your mom's food to school and the other kids oh would, God, would yeah, yeah. comment <laughs> on it? You know, like that yeah. is always the thing when someone is an immigrant or, you know, when yeah. they, they are kind of a little bit embarrassed to bring their food to school. Yeah, or? my mom used to pack um, Marmite and cucumber sandwiches in my lunchbox. Wow, that is really British. I know. <laughs> so British. All the kids <laughs> thought it was so weird. And then one kid was like, Noor's eating khinzir, which is pork. Oh She's God. like, Noor's eating pork. I was like, it's not pork it's marmite and then, uh, <laughs> and then i watched that and you're like i yeah, don't yeah. know yeah, yeah. <laughs> no no yeah yeah um, so yeah but so then i told my mom please don't pack that stuff in my lunchbox <laughs> do you like marmite still i really love marmite yeah. especially on crumpets like double oh yeah double toasted. it's so good yeah, yeah. i love it. i'm trying like to get my kids to like marmite but i haven't managed yet yeah although sometimes i put it in their food and they don't know so i think <laughs> i'm i'm building to marmite tolerance in them because oh, really? yeah. in a way I mean, it's it's great. It's if you eat a bit of it, it's yeah. you know, it's just umami. I mean, mm -hmm. it's just delicious. So I I sometimes put it in the pasta sauces, yeah. etc. And they haven't caught on yet. So I'm I'm hoping they don't listen to this podcast. Yeah, no. And then no, you went. You moved to New York, right? Yeah, I uh -huh. moved there uh, when I was like 18. I went to um, culinary school and I worked mm. there. And uh, yeah, it was totally crazy because I was this very shy girl from the small island. And then I went to America and all these very opinionated Americans and like, you know, and it was just such a new, different world for me. Uh, but yeah, I really, I really enjoyed my time there. How did you find the food when you got to New York? How did you find like, the, the cuisine? 
I well, first I thought the portions were so big. I remember thinking like they're so big, um, but I remember, <laughs> yeah, the food was. You know what? It was so cool because uh, New York, especially, like has huge like Mexican, um, like South American influence. And I'd never had anything like that. When I was living in New York, I lived in this little like Colombian community, had all these little Colombian bakeries. And I, I, I oh. remember just loving it so much. And also finding similarities in the culture with like Middle Eastern culture and that culture. And uh, yeah, I really, I really loved it. What yeah. a city. And then yeah. how did you find the move to, to, to London? How did you find British food when you arrived? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when did when did you when did you move? I came here in 1997. Okay, so okay. many years ago. Well, I have to say that I don't really, I don't, I don't dislike British food. I think British food is good, actually. And 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 I have to say that I, when I since I've come here, uh, British food has has become some something to be proud of. And you know, all this whole kind of St John's was was then, and you know, all this whole kind of tend of like British food coming. Back. And I, when I travel a lot in the world and people go like, how can you live in the UK with a horrible food? I go like, actually, it's completely the opposite. There's a, there is incredible food here. And Brits don't help themselves because there isn't really a huge national pride when it comes to food. I think that is maybe starting to be learned. Mm-hmm. But actually, I think there's a really good uh, food culture. And I always talk about like British desserts, mm-hmm. you know, like trifles and messes and, you know, all these and puddings, which are really for me that the best desserts in the world are, are British desserts. They are... I have to say I prefer them to Middle Eastern desserts. Yeah, because Middle Eastern think, desserts are like drenched in sugar they're syrup. They're just drenched they're and it's, oh, it's always overdone yeah. with the spice, etc. Mm-hmm. And British desserts are are really, really good. Even uh, And they're so much more relaxed than, relaxed yeah. than French desserts. Yeah. So I, and, and often better because, you know, they, you don't have to set everything with gelatin until it kind of like stands there <laughs> yeah. for hours. You know, it's just... So, uh, so no, I, I actually did. I wasn't appalled. I mean, I, the thing is, when I came here, there wasn't that kind of glut of ingredients that you can get today. So, you know, you couldn't get aubergine so easily. And, you know, the, the, all these kind of nice, amazing vegetables and ingredients that you can get now, maybe you couldn't get them. But the level of cooking was very good. Mm-hmm. Where did you get all your Middle Eastern ingredients? So I used did you to go, go to Edgeware. Yeah, I used to go oh, to okay. Edgeware Road. Yeah. I used to go to Green Valley. I used to stock up on everything. And did you smuggle? To, <laughs> I no, no, I mean, Edgeware, the Edgeware Road has a lo- everything that you there, need. Yeah. yeah, no, totally. I mean, I'd bring stuff from Israel sometimes, yeah. but I don't, you can get a lot of good yeah. stuff here. Yeah. My dad was born in like 1941. So the food that I'd mentioned he'd like never like an avocado he's mm. like what are you talking about really yeah. like he thought it was crazy mm. and then like would try everything but he would be like what yeah. i was saying to angela like he used to just eat fruit from cans and i was like you don't have to do that anymore like he had like <laughs> war, <laughs> war mentality so he'd eat like the lard on in the pan but with I, white bread i'm mm. like we don't have to do that anymore but it's yeah like, I, I love canned peaches yeah oh, he does I love canned yeah. peaches yeah Michelle Rue loves those. That's his favourite so thing. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, a no, can of peaches yeah. with ice cream on. Oh, yeah. it's so it good. Is. What do we have for our main, Angela? So we've got a little rigatoni cooked down with wilted char, touch of rocket, some lemon in there, and a little bit of uh, nutmeg, and finished with creme fraiche. Oh, delicious. delicious. It looks so Thank good. you. We're going to have some wine with this, which is a Waitrose wine. It's been paired with a white Burgundy Chardonnay. Cheers. Congrats on the book. Well yeah, done, congrats guys. on the yeah. book, guys. And can I just say thank you for having us and cooking yeah, for us? Thank you. Yeah. We love hearing on this podcast people always writing great questions for Angela. People always want like a hack or like a simple thing in the kitchen that's like a good chef's hack that they can be like, oh my God, 
I learned this from Noor Morad and Yotamas Lenghi and Angela Hartner. <laughs> um, but is there anything that you guys do in the kitchen that is a good hack for everybody listening and also me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm very lucky because I live around the corner from... Uh, Otto Lenghi in Spitzerfield. So you don't need, you don't need so, a hack. So you don't need a hack, you just need a shop. I just go and buy yeah. my dessert from there. I do sort of believe in cheating with desserts. Yes. I sort of think if you've, you know, if you're cooking for loads of people and there's a lot of pressure, I think there's nothing wrong with buying a dessert or buying part of this. Mm-hmm. So you would buy the lovely meringues, whip some cream, yeah. mm-hmm. put some berries Yeah, I do that often. Yeah, exactly. mm-hmm. It's yeah. completely, it's a great hack. It's a great hack. <laughs> great <laughs> hack. <laughs> <laughs> I have definitely done that, been yeah. to Otto Lenghi and bought yeah. salads and decanted. Them. Yeah. And people say, do you make this? And I'm like, yeah, the fish is done like this. And I've yeah. made the fish. And then you just don't mention the, the, the salads. You're just like, yeah. yeah you just, oh, you just throw it together. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's oh. it. Don't get caught what happened to me when I did that. And, I, and it was actually from Waitrose. I went and bought various amounts of um, tomato gazpacho, mm-hmm. mixed them all together added loads of tomato, olive oil, basil, etc. spiced it all up, served it to my family, including my mother, brother, sister. They thought it was. And they were like, oh, this is delicious. How did you? I said, oh, yeah, 24 hours. It was up yesterday, marinade, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then they went down, because we've got a basement kitchen, they walked downstairs, opened the dishwasher, and my friend said, what's more sad? You've literally lied to your family. <laughs> or you keep all the plastic pots and have them all in the dishwasher. <laughs> so always with your hands. Make sure you don't re- <laughs> don't recycle when you hack. Yeah, exactly, that is the top tip. Go on, you're about to tell us the tip. Come on, chili, mm. like 15 chilies, mm. mild, in a food processor mm. with yeah. salt, a bit of sugar, a vinegar. bit of vinegar, or lemon juice, yeah. or both, and then just blitz it. Mm-hmm. Put it in a jar with a bit of olive oil. It yeah. takes literally a minute and a half, mm. and it gets better with time. It's a hack yeah. Yeah. that you'll never look back. Yeah. Okay, I like that. Yeah. I think this is absolutely delicious. Yeah, I've and almost cleared my plate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you're mm-hmm. not so quick, no? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're quite... Oh, thank I'm you. Hungry. But I was saying, to, I did this demo yesterday um, at this uh, food fair. And uh, one of the things, because I don't know whether you will agree with me, I can ask you now, about how the Brits cook their vegetables al dente too much. And that we always cook it. My grandmother always cooked her veg, not grey but like Swiss chard now or chard cook it down because then you get more Mm flavour than rather it just wilted so I always have this semi-argument with a few of my chefs when I get these squeaky beans as we call them it's so funny because they're not cooked enough I I have to say that sometimes I think it's the Ottolenghi effect because we always used to for the way our salads look on the Mm. display cook our beans and our broccoli quite a bit under Mm. And essentially it is, I mean, I do like crunchy vegetables yeah. and I think it works really well, yeah. but it also keeps the color so much better. So for a salad that sits on the yeah, display, works, yeah. you don't want to overcook it. But yeah. for this, this kind of this kind of dish, down. you need yeah. to cook it down. Yeah. So I, I don't think there's a right or a wrong, yeah. but I think it's it's funny that you said that because I yeah. always thought the Brits really overcook their vegetables. Yeah. Like my mother does. My, grand, yeah. my, my um, mother, my late mother-in-law, Carl's mom, she used to always like, we'd go to for Christmas, she used to cook like broccoli, and then she was, she would cook it and cook it and go. I come yeah. out after twenty minutes, it's still there. I said, yeah. I said, Greta, it's not brisket, you know. <laughs> it's just like take it out, <laughs> and and she would, she had a great sense of humor, so yeah. she just laughs, yeah, get yeah, out yeah, of my yeah, kitchen. Yeah, 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 exactly, but it, yeah. but it, there is also that tendency.
tendency no, yeah, in, in this yeah. country to really overcook. I know, I've been, because we're, we're Catholic on the Italian-Irish side, and we'd go around friends' houses on Christmas Eve. And I used to be amazed at how many families had cooked their vegetables the mm. night before. <laughs> I mean, they were all cooked ready in the pot My mum would do that. <laughs> but like, yeah, she's Irish Catholic, and they'd cook it the day before, yeah. the veg, and it would be boiling for, it was literally was like mush. Yeah, yeah. So when I left home, I thought I didn't really like vegetables at all. I was just like, they just don't, I was like, oh no. It's, it's just your vegetables. Yeah, yeah it's just you. I mean, mother. the worst is Brussels sprouts for that. Yeah. Oh, the worst. Then, yeah. Because then you, you cook it, it's already quite bad when yeah. you overcook it, and then you reheat it the next yeah. day. It's just, it's just a disaster. So not good, but a sprout cooked Good, so good. In fact, New York was the first place I enjoyed a sprout. Really? Oh. They love a sprout there, don't they? They do love a sprout. How did you have your sprouts in New York? I don't, they were like, I guess, like roasted oh, with yeah. some like pine. You made a delicious sprout dish at Christmas, remember? When we had oh, our yeah, little but biscuits. See, and, you mm. see, the difference is I actually slow cooked that. Because um, back home, like beans and stuff, we, uh, green beans, we like to cook it slowly in like onion and garlic and yeah. loads of olive oil. Yeah, I love that. Then you add yeah, herbs yeah, and yeah. lemon, yeah, yeah. sometimes it's tomato. Like Comfy. Yeah, yeah, so we mm. did like so. I, I took the Brussels and like confit them nice the same idea. way, um, yeah. and then we add like so what tarragon, dill, parsley. I think the yeah. difference between your yours and the ones that are braised in water will boiled. Yeah. Uh, Making them sound good, yeah. braised, braised in water. water. <laughs> Boil the hell yeah. out of it. <laughs> the difference is, is yours has lots of flavor in it and it's more oil. Yeah, it's yeah. the oil. Water, the so oil. it's that comfy it effect yeah. that no, makes a huge difference. I think that's delicious. Yeah. So what's the next book of you guys? I mean, you've got it's a great... It's just come out, Angela. No, but <laughs> Yotam has a great... Lovely skill. He's so generous with your time. Is you're bringing new authors and people. Yeah. You know your first book. You. you know, so you're always bringing new people forward. I think that's wonderful. Um, there isn't really anything coming next year, so yeah. we're we're taking a break. But um, the, in the test kitchen, we always test recipes, so there yeah. obviously will be more books. And it's tricky because I mean, in some ways, we always think of new things, of new recipes. But I, I, we want to give a bit of breathing space for, for the actual yeah, book. Sure. So we had these two Test Kitchen books, the yeah. OTK books, the yeah. Shelf Love, which came out last year, and yeah. Extra Good Things that came out this year. And they kind of complement each other because sure. Shelf Love was all about how to empty your shelves, you know, yeah. to use up all those ingredients that have been sitting there. Mm. And uh, Extra Good Things about how you fill up the shelves with all these wonderful com yeah. condiments with the jars and the containers that have delicious things. So we are actually thinking what might the next OTK book yeah. is going to be, but we, we're not quite sure yet. And it's, yeah. We're um, taking a break. Yeah, we're taking a break, but we're also doing a lot of stuff online. We're doing YouTube uh, videos and, and all sorts of other things. So we're, we're going to try to do more things online next yeah, year. Yeah, sure. When, it, when we have a year off from books. Mm. It's a good way to do it. I think for, I have quite a bad attention span, so I quite like watching a YouTube video of a recipe. Because mm. sometimes reading, if you get like a double page thing, sometimes I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Too much. So Too much more, yeah. more yeah. you get so much more information yeah. from yeah. watching than yeah. from reading, I think. I always hate in a recipe book when there's no picture, which might be basic. You know, sometimes <laughs> like, it might be a basic statement, but you know, sometimes there's not a picture. But and I'm like, not making that, because I can't oh, no, see it. It's but that's why people yeah. now, every picture, see that annoys me sometimes, not you, but I think you, can, you should I be able to have a, a recipe <laughs> that doesn't need, like you look at the old cookery books, yeah. Elizabeth David, yeah. none of them had pictures and you can read them, but you need to understand cooking. And I can understand yeah. why you'd want a picture. I think... Yeah. Um, the, a book that has no picture yeah. is one 
proposition and a yeah, book that has only pictures. The other yeah, proposition, but exactly. if you have a book with some recipes without pictures, yeah. nobody's going to cook them. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Nobody yeah. cooks our recipes and, without photos. And it's, it's funny, crazy. like I've got some, and the reason why it doesn't have a picture is because you didn't get a good picture on the yeah, day. For <laughs> sure, yeah. it's, it's not because you didn't try. It's not a mystery. <laughs> it just didn't look good. And actually, it could be a great recipe, but just yeah. unlucky that mm-hmm. yeah. it didn't come out very nice on the day. And it's a shame, isn't it? Because normally those are amazing recipes. We have some questions from the audience for you guys. Uh, Grace would like to know, when you're creating a dish, what's your creative process? Do you build around one flavor or ingredient? Go on. (laughs) Go on, Noel. Come on. Um... I think, yeah, no, we start, I usually, it's usually ingredient focused. Yeah. Because usually that's how our columns are. Like a lot of the time, like for Guardian, for example, they'll be like orange. That's yeah. it. And then you it's have to come theme. up with three recipes that involve yeah. oranges. Right. And so it usually always, and then you, and then all of your effort goes into like showcasing the orange and like making it sing somehow. And then you just try to, that's okay. usually how I will do it. But sometimes I have a vi- like visual, like I want to know what it looks like. Yeah. And then I work. Uh, backwards, but doesn't happen all the time. Yeah, right? it's really, st- it's, it becomes more and more like in it with Instagram and mm. all that kind of visual stuff. Yeah. Often it, it does come from uh, from some, some kind of Im- image yeah. that you have. Yeah. You've seen some, sometimes I, I flick through a cookbook and I go like, that's a great image. Yeah. It doesn't matter what is the dish because then that would be more, when you make it, it's sure, something different, yeah. but it's a really good look. Yeah. And it's funny how now we are so vis- visual mm. with the way we, we think about food. We've got, we look at it all the time. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And, he, and you do start salivating in a way with your eyes because something looks appetizing. I looks definitely tempting. make yeah. stuff that I've seen on Instagram that looks good. Yeah. And you know it'll look good. You know, like it looks when your guests come, they're like, wow. Yeah, yeah. it really helps. Yeah. Because we, we have our delis yeah. and people buy their food buy the food when it looks good. And I know that if it doesn't look as good as it normally does, it just doesn't sell as well. It's right, amazingly, yeah. it's amazing. I mean, people that sell food for a living just can tell you, even yeah. in the market, you know, when the things are a bit droopy that mm-hmm. nobody will touch yeah, them. Yeah. And yeah, because we are just like, we, we really buy with our eyes. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Um, Stephen has been on. Stephen has emailed to say, I have tried loads of hollandaise sauce recipes, but I cannot get it right. <laughs> Angela, that's for you. Hollandaise. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Go to the French house and have nails. Um, uh, there we God. go, Stephen. There you go, Stephen. Uh, I mean, I do it the classic way. That's probably what he hates, though, is that you're whipping your butter in with a, um, you know, basically you make a little in, uh, reduction with shallots, peppercorns, white wine, touch of um, lemon, reduce that down, drain that. Then you've got your egg yolks, your... Mm clarified butter and you're basically whisking your butter for into five days. But isn't it a lot of people that say that that's just not necessary? Well, I and think you, you can do it, do it you in a thermo mix. In a thermo Yeah. yeah. Well, if he's got a thermo everybody's mix. got a thermo yeah. mix. But yeah. Yeah, you can do a quick way into a blender. That's probably the best way to do it. Whack in a blender. Whack it all I in a blender. I think you really can do it in a blender. Yeah. Yeah. Or go out for breakfast. Or go out for breakfast. <laughs> 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 if you do want to send a question in to Angela or any of our guests, you can email us dish at waitrose.co.uk So we are going to have some of the halva on toast, Jotun, which is your 
your what go-to snack or I do dessert? love halva yeah. and I just found this brand I don't know it so I hope it's good but I found it when I was recently in Israel and like so we have it I can have it with a spoon or just like grab a chunk but the ultimate is kind of around breakfast time on butter on yeah. buttered toast mm-hmm. um so yeah should we Try that. Yeah, let's, let's go. Do yeah, this. let's go for it. Okay, you do the recipe. We'll follow. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you get your bread, buttered bread, buttered bread. Uh, yeah. Bread. <laughs> I thought I was going to make it for everyone. So oh, okay. Okay. No, 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 Run, yeah. which is great. So it's really easy to spread. Normally they are a bit more like solid. Wow. So um, yeah, I think they actually incorporated the this the pistachio into the halva because right. normally yeah. it's just sesame mm-hmm. yeah. with the nuts on top or around whatever. Yeah, but this this feels like it's got the nuts That's inside. That's quite a lot on. Yeah, 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 very yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very generous. Very generous. You don't need to finish it. Always, um, all, all I'm going to say, I mean. Uh, there is also an ultimate temperature for for spreading butter on toast. Yeah. toast. So I would want my butter to be a little bit more um, yeah, oh, less yeah. less melted. Yes. Okay. So you can the, still see so the butter. So you can see, yeah, see yeah, it. Yeah. Sure. And maybe see your teeth. Oh, yeah. Your teeth. <laughs> like your yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's see if we like that. Wow. wow. Oh, you should drizzle the tahini fudge on that. Oh, my tahini God. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, we are live in the test kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> this is how all the good dishes are made. Yeah, yeah, so tahini yeah. fudge on top. Oh, I mean, that's my Tahini God. on tahini plus yeah. chocolate. Oh, that is... Plus true. sea salt. Plus sea salt. Oh, oh it's yeah. got sea salt, right? Yeah, it's got right? some sea salt in there. Some maple. That's safe. Oh, Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Just, that is great. Do you sell that in... Well, we we're, we're working to, on it, we right? We wanted to, but the problem is that it turns, like it turns it, it and it, yeah, the, right. and it gets, uh, it starts to get start. Yeah, anyway, we yeah. have to find a way to make it work. To make oh, it wow. work. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I can see that on the supermarket shelves in in Waitrose. <laughs> <laughs> the supermarket shelves in Waitrose, very good. Thank you. Wow, it looks so ready for this. So we have here a recipe. Not on the website, but yeah. I mean, we'll give it to you right now. A recipe now. that has just been created, right? Just been created been in the correct. test kitchen. Yeah. yeah. So we have halva on buttered toast with tahini fudge sauce, right? Yeah. It's yeah. really so good. Ready yeah, now. yeah. It's really good. <laughs> okay, wow. Oh, that sauce is so good. That is so good. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Noor, you want to say what's in the tahini mm. fudge sauce? Yeah, what's in there? Mm. It's literally just tahini, cocoa powder, maple syrup, sea salt, and then you have to add, you have to thin it out with enough water so that it's pourable because tahini will like seize up. Yeah. Um, and then really that's it. I mean, you could also add like coffee if you wanted to, mm. to give it like so a bitter taste. pourable that you pour on desserts rather yeah. than pour on a cake to set or something. Yeah, well, I don't think it would ever. Yeah, it no, it's could. like a, it's a kind of a tahini sauce texture mm. or honey texture. Yeah, it's yeah. For, yeah. It's, it's yeah, it's to put over like toast or, mm. or yeah. over your ice cream or mm. yeah. Sorry, that is that. absolutely delicious. Mm. Yeah, it's, and it's so easy to make. You make it in like five minutes. Wow, that is perfect. Thank you. That is so good. That might be my favorite thing I've ever had. Martha, in your, Not whole, even in your whole life. Yeah, I love and, that. and and you butter say, on toast, pistachio. Sesame, yeah, salt, all the good things, all the yeah. good stuff. Tahini, mm. you need to buy the book for that yeah. recipe alone. 
Right. So you want to say? That. I don't know if we said it already, but it goes. You can make that tahini fudge mm. sauce and like you know put it over whatever you want to eat on your toast. But it goes over over a really delicious coffee, coffee. mousse. Mm. So it's a coffee mousse with a tahini fudge on top. Yeah, on top, and, and, and like um, salted nuts is on it with, as well. Mm. Mm. And no, Yotan, thank you so much for joining thank us. You. Thank you. This was just extraordinary, yeah, right? It was, <laughs> it was really fun. I didn't know what to expect, but it was so oh, no. great. I love it. Oh, good. Well, well, thank, we thank thought so we were much. coming to some miserable podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the other one. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, round of applause for Yotam and Noor. That is so good. I can't go over that. Follow Dish from Waitrose wherever you get your podcasts and why not leave us a review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts um, just like Ginny B. Fett did. <laughs> Ginny B. Fett said um, she's not happy. Uh, she's happy with the podcast, but she's not happy at how ravenous she is after every single episode. Oh, sorry about that, Ginny. What can we do? Ginny, um, maybe we could post some food in an envelope to you. I don't think we're going to do that. No? No. No one wants a soggy envelope. No one wants a soggy envelope. But, Ginny, you can find all our recipes and the drinks. They can all be found on the Waitrose website at waitrose.com forward slash dish recipes. Dish recipes. Um, We can't all have a Michelin star chef in the kitchen, but we can get some Michelin star advice. If you have any questions, obviously for Angela, email us at dish at waitrose.co.uk. Waitrose, food to feel good about.